Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. This episode, we have an important topic to cover quality control, or how to ensure our homes are built to a good standard. And by a good standard, I mean to the building regulations. And this quality control issue is quite specific to the Republic of Ireland, which is the focus of this podcast today. Setting aside the issue of MICA, which is more of a product control issue, we now know that most apartments have defects. They relate to fire safety, water ingress, basic stuff. The sorts of things that building regulations are meant to prevent from happening. And that's the point. Today we have good building standards, but by and large, there's no one really checking or building to those standards. There are building control officers. Building control inspectors are part of the local authorities, and they might check your site, your self-built site. There are a few inspections here and there, and they do check for fire safety on high-rises and commercial buildings now. But overall... There's really very little oversight, which is why it's so important to get a good structural engineer to oversee your build for you, to make sure your house complies to the building regulations. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility if you're building a house that it's built to the building regulations. Owen O'Brien is a politician who's written a book on the topic called Defects. Owen was also part of the Oroctus Committee that published the Safe as Houses report about five years ago. A report that called for a building control authority, similar to the one operating on the other side of the border. A building control authority with its own independent inspectors, just like the food safety authority. I caught up with Owen to ask him about this issue of who certifies houses and how the whole mess started in the first place. 
Apologies for the poor sound quality. And just to note, Owen refers to BCAR, which is the building control legislation that introduced the practice of developers or homeowners paying an architect or engineer to certify compliance. Self-builders were made exempt of this requirement, which is known as opting out, due to the high cost architects and engineers were charging for the service. When opting in, you are hiring an assigned certifier, who is an architect or an engineer, for that high fee. The idea behind hiring an assigned certifier is that that person will take responsibility if anything goes wrong. That's why they're charging so much, because they have to take professional indemnity insurance that's quite high, quite expensive for them. To our knowledge, there's been no cases of self-builders taking an assigned certifier to the courts. The idea, of course, is to prevent defects in the first place. Here's Owen. There are no certification requirements. There is a legal requirement in, in theory for that building to be built in, in um, compliance with the building regulations. But there is no certification requirements. Um, now, that was introduced, I understand, uh, on sort of lobbying of the minister from, from various interests. But compare that, for example, to the north. Um, when I was um, preparing a report for the Rockless Housing Committee in 2017, which was published in 2018 called Safe Houses, which was a kind of a cross-party report looking at issues of building control and, and consumer protection. I interviewed a building control officer in Belfast City Council, um, and he'd just come back from leave. He was project managing um, uh, his family's own dream home, uh, you know, self-building kind of uh, single-build property. He lived in the neighbouring local authority. During that one-off build that he project managed, because he's an engineer by trade, he had five separate inspections by the um, building control section of the relevant local authority to independently certify the work that was being carried out uh, by uh, the building contractor and the architect. Uh, and he thought that was a really good thing because even though he's an engineer, he's not a builder. He doesn't fully uh, understand all of the ins and outs of, of uh, full compliance. Um, uh, and he had independent pieces of paper to say the people he was employing to, to build that house and to design that house were fully compliant with the rules. That's really good for him. It's also really good for somebody who comes to buy that home because you know, one-off built homes don't necessarily stay in, in the one family forever. They're often sold. So the, the, the least protected part of our um, uh, uh, building control system is the one-offs, is the self-builds. And while some people might think that's a good thing because they don't have to pay the compliance cost, they can be anywhere between four and 8,000 euros for all your certification. My view, in fact, is, is that the owner of that house is the loser because there is no verification either through the, the, the BCAR system that was introduced by Phil Hogan um, or an independent local authority inspection system as I would like to say that that home is fully compliant with all building control or building regulations. But even if you certify, you get the house certified by an assigned certifier, let's say you go full hog and you pay your couple of grand to get a certifier, that person, you're still paying them directly. There is a bit of a conflict of interest. I mean, it's very, it doesn't Absolutely. really make a lot of sense to Absolutely. have, um, you know, at least as you as you, you were explaining in the north with the building control authority, at least you have yeah. someone independent. They, they have no, yeah. they don't care what you think of them. They're just there to yeah. do their job and sign off on it, make sure it's done correctly. This, this was one of the issues, so in the Safe as Houses report, and you can, you can find the Safe as Houses report on the ROPS website, the, 
was one of the issues that we addressed, that uh, uh, pre-2014 reforms of building control enforced by Phil Hogan, uh, there was no certification at all, effectively, right? Um, whereas the assigned certifier system, exactly as you say, requires the, the builder or developer to employ uh, a qualified professional uh, to inspect at various stages, whether design uh, a certifier or uh, 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 a wider certifier, and then submit the, the certificate of compliance with the, on the build control management system. The problem, of course, is, is if, if I am employing the certifier, that's not a fully independent system. And, and while, look, I know certifiers, and I know architects who have certifiers within their architectural practice, and they're very professional, do a good job, it's still not a fully independent system. So uh, uh, two things I would say is, in my view, the best system would be fully independent certification, where you have local authority employed uh, building control personnel who do those inspections. Um, and Why don't we however, have that? Why don't we okay, have so that? Reason, I the, mean, that's... The reason is as follows, right? So the, the, the long story of building control goes as follows. Uh, back in the 1960s, we had no statewide build control regime. We did have some standards, but no regime for inspection enforcement. Some individual local authorities uh, did have bylaws uh, and limited powers to inspect, but it was a very ad hoc system. There was a piece of legislation passed in the 1960s, which included a provision for the Minister for Local Government, as it was then, uh, subsequently Environment and Now Housing, uh, to create a statewide build control system. Uh, department officials produced the first draft of that in 1977. Um, I've never been able to get a copy to read it. The department don't have a copy of the draft and it doesn't seem to be in any public library. But our understanding is that was for some kind of independent local authority-led inspection regime. That was put out to consultation and we know from media coverage in the Irish newspapers in the 1970s, not only the building industry but engineers, architects um, uh, and quantity surveyors all opposed what was in those regulations. And there it sat on the shelf until the appalling disaster of the Stardust Fire in 1981, where 48 young people uh, lost their lives and hundreds more uh, were, were seriously injured as a result of a fire in a discotheque. Uh, because there was such an uproar over the fire in the discotheque, including things uh, around the fire safety, the government of the day, Charlie Hawley, appointed uh, Justice Keane uh, to oversee an inquiry, um, very controversial in its findings, but one very significant aspect of Justice Keane's findings was uh, uh, he interviewed fire safety officials from, from the Dunham Fire Brigade, uh, folks from the Bill Control Office, the Department of, of Environment, as it was then. And he concluded in his, in his report, and I quote the exact phrase in my book, uh, um, had the Department of Environment and Government uh, 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 enacted and fully implemented the 1977 draft building control uh, um, uh, regulation regulatory regime as had been drafted by the civil service in the department. Then aspects of the start of fire, particularly with respect to the narrowness of the doors and the material used in turning the buildings, would uh, not have been as severe in terms of accelerating and expanding the fire. And the logical consequence of that is if we had the 77 regime in place, that fire wouldn't have been as bad and there wouldn't have been so much uh, uh, damage to, to, to life and to, to people. That set in train a series of events, and uh, the government, uh, uh, immediately after the Hockey government, was a Finnegan Labour government, in spring was the Labour Party leader, Tarnish, Minister of Environment, and he brought a very detailed memo to Cabinet, from memory it was in 1983, setting out 
the rationale for the regime that was eventually introduced in 1990. The rationale was you couldn't have a local authority-led independent inspection regime, one, because we didn't have the money to fund uh, uh, the local authority staff. Two, even if you did do that, uh, it would place a liability on the state in case something went wrong. And three, industry didn't like it. Industry said it would have a negative impact on output. Um, uh, and on those grounds, Big Spring uh, sought cabinet approval for what became uh, the Building Control Amendment Bill. I can't remember the title of the legislation, but whatever yeah, the legislation yeah, yeah. Um, 1984, that was introduced into the Oireachtas. It took from 1984, sorry, from 1984 to 1990 for that bill to pass through the Parliament, uh, and it took effect in 1991. And if you read through the Oireachtas debates, and again, I quote some of this at length in the book, during the passage of that bill, both in the second stage debates in 84 and the committee stage debates and amendments in the latter 80s, there is an explicit desire, first by Fine Gael, and Labour, because they were the government that introduced it, and then by Fianna Fáil, who completed the bill, not to place any liability on the state in any circumstances, not to increase spending in local government, and not to upset the building industry. There's one very famous exchange between the then Workers' Party spokesperson on the environment, Eamon Gilmore, who was a young TD at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and Pauline Flynn, uh, the Fianna Fáil Minister for Environment, subsequently to be embroiled, of course, in all those corruption scandals, taking large sums of money for developers. And at a certain point in time, Eamon Gilmore says, if these regulations go through, um, uh, 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 a rogue architect and a rogue builder could build a defective building, and if I die that building, I have no protection. Pauline Flynn says, in response to him, uh, Deputy Gilmore, I don't know why you're so obsessed with rogue developers. Uh, uh, developers trade on their reputation. If they build effective buildings, that will have an impact on on viability of the business into the future. Gilmore had an amendment to try and introduce independent inspection. That was defeated by Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael uh, and Labour, even though Labour were in opposition. And in 1990-1991, the self-regulatory regime uh, at that stage was introduced. Um, and as of course we know, two or three years later, we started to have the building boom. Uh, 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 and huge numbers of defective buildings uh, introduced or built, and we're still dealing with the legacy of that now. Fast forward to 2011, um, when the first major defect scandal um, um, broke around Priory Hall. Um, People had to be evacuated because there was a threat to life. Um, There was a two-year campaign by the residents of Priory Hall to get the Minister for the Environment then Phil Hogan to meet with them, he kept refusing. And it was only when Fiacra Daly, one of the owners of one of those properties, took his own life because of the stress and strain, you know, of living in emergency accommodation and having to pay a mortgage on a property that was defective. That government eventually sat down and met with the residents, they agreed a bunch of reforms. And the system of self-certification that was then introduced in 2014, the Building Control Amendment regulations, was actually based, interestingly, on a set of amendments that Alan Shatter had tried to introduce in the late 80s to the original Fianna Fáil Fine Gael legislation, whereby there would be this kind of, you know, kind of system of professional certification paid for by the developers. The, the argument, I suppose, from government at the time was that this wasn't self-certification. These were professionals 
who would be trading on their professional reputation and would be disincentivized from breaking the rules, right? The problem is it's only a slightly better system than the system that was there before in that it creates a paper trail of certification. Uh, But it doesn't give any greater protection to the homeowner um, because they still have to go to the courts uh, if there are defects. But also, more importantly, you know, it doesn't create full independence. So in the safe as houses report, and that was a cross-party report approved by all members of the Rockers Committee and published in 2018, we, we, we made two recommendations. Either one, you move to a fully independent system of local authority employed political officials who, under law, have to inspect everything. Okay. Or you have a hybrid system where the assigned certifiers that are currently in place are contracted by the local authority. Okay, so their contractual relationship is not with the developer, it is with the local authority. The local authority charges a fee to the developer to cover the cost, but you are fully breaking the link between the developer and the certifiers. I mean, in some senses, the only difference between the first one and the second one is the council don't employ on the payroll as PYE workers, the certifiers, they are private professionals, but they are contracted in by the local authority. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is enormous resistance to that. And um, the, the two main areas continue to be unwillingness to fund local authorities to do the work and be the liability on the state. Because if it is the state who ultimately is responsible for independently verif- verif- verifying fidelity to the Bill of Control regulations, and if something goes wrong, then the state is on the hook. Yeah, but then look at Northern Ireland. Did they have so much trouble with that? I mean, it's not like... In no. reality, in no, practice, it's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why. Some of the changes are remarkable in the original building control um, uh, bill because there's actually a point where Fianna were in opposition at the start of the bill, right? Um, and they were saying, well, this is terrible. The building industry won't like it. It'll slow down uh, 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 construction, increase costs. And the Fianna Gael junior minister at the time, I think Burke was his name, he actually says, oh, no, no, you're wrong. We consulted industry. This is exactly what they want, right? Mm. Um, um, and they went on even further. That's the old regs, not the post-2014 regs. He also went on to stress that the local authority had no legal obligation to inspect and therefore no liability. They had the power to inspect if they wanted to, but no responsibility or, or, or statutory duty to do so and therefore no legal liability if things went wrong. But but like today, okay, this is we're we're years and years on from all these catastrophes. Let's say even let's look at the mica. The amount of money they're going to have to spend to I know yeah. mica is, is is quite a particular example, but even Priory Hall or whichever defects have arisen where the government's footing the bill, that amount of money is obviously more money than what it would cost to just pay a few certifiers to go around and do their job. Wouldn't it? Like, is 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 the staffing argument a valid one? Does it does it hold water? No, in fact, it, and that that's the point. So now keep in mind, there are two different aspects to building control. So one is the, the inspection and enforcement of the process of building. So, with for example, Priory Hall or the Celtic Tiger, what we call the latent defects, fire safety construction, they're to do with um, the construction work not being done properly. Okay. With pyrite in the foundations in Leinster or pyrite mica and pyrotite in the block in the western seaboard, that's to do with the products that are used in building. That's a separate but related part of building control, which is what we call building product surveillance. Two things. The first is, while there have been some reforms of the 
oversight of the construction process. So we now have assigned certifiers, the building control amendment regulations, building control management system, and the National Building Control Office to kind of oversee all of that. And there's also a, a memorandum of understanding with the local authorities that they should try to inspect independently up to 15% of developments. In fairness to Dublin City Council, they do about 100% of all multi-unit developments by choice. They don't have to, but they do that. Um, with respect to products, there's been no reforms, full stop. There's some EU certification for the CE mark, but nothing else. So, in fact, with building products, we're still back in the bad days of the Celtic Tiger in terms of regulations. We haven't even made the modest reforms that we've seen on the building uh, process side. That's the first thing. The second thing is, what is the estimated cost of defect? So, we have two government reports, one on defective block and one on... Um, apartment and duplexes. The combined estimated cost, when you when you add up the totals that are in both of those reports, is €5 billion. Euros, okay? And that's not taking into account the fact that it would take over a decade to do all of this. During that period, construction sector inflation is likely to rise, maybe not as dramatically as it is currently. So the, the long-term cost to the state of not doing this right is enormous. But what's equally, if not more important, is the long-term emotional and human cost of forcing people to live in defective buildings for decades is is incalculable. So in, in terms of just basic value for money and, and better use of taxpayers' money, if they had introduced an independent local authority-led inspection certification regime in the 1980s or indeed in the 1970s when it was first proposed, then we wouldn't have had any of these problems to the same extent uh, and we would know who would be responsible. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. One small point just to emphasize, back in the 70s, the Law Reform Commission themselves published a report on defective buildings. And they highlighted even back then that building defects were an issue and there wasn't strong enough consumer protection. Uh, they were trashed by industry, and again, not just builders, but architects and engineers and surveyors. But they published a second report in the 80s, I think it might have been 82, um, and in that they produced draft legislation whereby a builder or developer would have a duty under law to construct in accordance with the building regulations. And the importance of that, of course, is it means if a building wasn't built in accordance, there was one person legally responsible, the person at the head, at the head of the building or, or developer company. The, the Reform Commission also raised another issue back in the 70s, would you believe, of builders or developers creating one-off and uh, what are now designated activities companies what used to be companies limited by guarantee for a said development and then dissolving that company when they moved on to the next one 
they do that to protect themselves uh, uh, because it's the DAC or the company, company limited by guarantee who is liable and if that company is folded, even if the very same directors says that another company with the same name or some similar name, they're not liable. That is the practice today. Almost all building developments are done. So when Cairn Homes does a development or Glenvey or whoever else, every actual build product project is done by a separate designated activities company, PLC, or other protected structure to insulate themselves from future liability. Um, so while there is a, a, a seven-year uh, uh, warranty where if there's defects found within seven years, you can go to court on it, right? That doesn't matter if the company has dissolved itself and the heads of that company has created a new company because the company who legally, the legal entity who built your homes no longer exists. The Law Reform Commission actually argued that the responsibility should follow the director in addition to the company, but that's never been implemented. Oh, geez, yeah, it's it's still a real mess, isn't it? So, do you, would you say that... Well, let, me, let me give you a, a concrete example. In my constituency, there's a building called Lockfield House. It's on the Coldcoat Road in Kudok. It was built as Bendon Gym, provided a fantastic service to the local community for many years, then unsold it. And the owner of the building is a guy called Vincent Cosgrave. Um, Sheldon Park Hotel is one of his companies. Cavies Limited is the other. He applied for the planning commission to convert that gym into P35 apartments. Not a bad idea. It's an area where apartments would be much needed. Got his planning commission. Decided he didn't want to do that. It would be more profitable to apply for 48 apartments. Applied for the permission. Um, while that permission was being processed, he went and fitted out, refurbed the building to do the 48 apartments and fully tenanted it, right? Uh, he was refused planning permission. He appealed it to the board, Planola, and the board refused because 48 apartments was inappropriate. It was fully tenanted. Half of the families came from emergency accommodation um, on the higher rate of the housing assistance payment, 18 or 1900 euros a month per home. The other half were a mixture of renters paying the rent themselves and people on standard rate of half. Southern County Council then initiated enforcement proceedings against him in 20, I suspect 2019 from memory. Um, that enforcement proceedings has meandered on. He subsequently applied for retention to reduce it from 48 to 37. That retention was approved, but with strict conditions. He has yet to undertake any of the work. So for 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, for five years, he had a building that has no planning permission, no building control certificates even submitted at any stage, which means it's a criminal offence to allow any one of those apartments to be occupied. Um, he is taking in rents of between 1,500 and 2,000 euros a month, large portion of which has been paid by the taxpayer. Um, uh, and uh, uh, the most recent discussion I had with the head of planning is that if he complies with the retention application fully, and he says he's starting to do that, they won't take any enforcement action against him for the breaches of building control. So this was the first big, big test of the 2014 regulations. This was the first time a developer knowingly and willingly drove a coach and, and four horses through not only the planning code, but the building control amendment regulations and the certification system. Um, and his building is still fully occupied. He is still re- uh, making in enormous profit. And if he's now reconfigured the building from 48 to 37, a great discomfort in the tenants who he'll evict, he will walk away scot-free and continue to make phenomenal amounts of money. Yeah. While that is only one and very extreme case, what that tells you is it's still possible to behave like that. And if we were to ever have the kind of building boom that we had in the 90s and 90s, where money was sloshing around at such a rate, 
that even reputable builders were tempted to cut corners. What yeah. The Cocot, uh, uh, um, or the, the Northfield House and Cocot Road shows you is the current regulations introduced in 2014 do not work if somebody wants to break the rules. And if he eventually complies with a very modest change, he will benefit enormously from five years of being in breach of very, very sim- significant um, uh, um, regulations for which there should be, in my view, a criminal prosecution. Right? He should be taken to court for every single breach of of, of the uh, Building Amendment regulations, where it's a criminal offence to allow a building to be occupied without a completion certificate. Uh, and I think the fine for that is is 10,000 euros for each breach and and or six months imprisonment. Well, if he has 48 apartments occupied, and if some of those have been reoccupied following reletting, that is multiple breaches of the legislation. Uh, yeah. He should be held liable. And that would send a really clear signal to industry. Folks, limited and all that they are, the new regs will be enforced. But unfortunately, what Doctor House shows is they won't be. But even let's say for a self builder, right? Does it does it is it not cold comfort just to have an assigned certifier checking your build and you know taking off and saying, yeah, that's grand, don't worry about it. Um, just give me my fees, you'll be well, all right. It, it, I mean, is it, that is that it, enough? Like, I I don't even like they're they're introducing the the builder's register in there. Well, keep, keep in mind, there is no requirement for a self-builder to have a certifier. Full stop. Yes, right? that's right. But they, they can, can choose, choose to have one if they want. They can pay for it. But yeah. the difference is, and, and particular inflation is, if that adds an extra five or ten grand onto the property, there are many self-builders who might not be able to afford that, right? Like, not all self-builders are, are rolling in cash. Yeah. And very often, people who do self-build, it's because they have access to family land, that reduces the oil and development costs, etc. So, not everybody can afford the cost depending on what it is, um, uh, and not everybody who can afford it will do it. My view is there should be an independent, local authority-led inspection regime so that every single building, every single building in the state, no matter what it's used for, is inspected and is certified independently to be in compliance with uh, the regs. And if I was building a house, or if a family member of mine was building a house, I would want that to be independently verified to give me the comfort that the house that my you know, family would be sleeping in or my you know, sister's children would be sleeping in is safe. And also when I come to sell the house, that I know that the house I'm selling is fully compliant with all the regs. Likewise, the person who buys the self-built house, because they're often sold on, they should have that comfort. So I actually think independent certification by the local authority staff or by people employed by the local authority uh, it protects everybody. Um, I cannot for the life of me understand... Uh, um, uh, why there's so much hostility to it other than the state doesn't want to foot the bill or be legally liable uh, and builders don't want to foot the bill and be legally liable but given that this is the single biggest purchase in the life of the self-builder or or the home purchaser uh, they need to get protection like there's a phrase I use over and over again you go into any shop today and you buy anything from a CD to a can of coke to whatever right you take it home and it's defective what do you do you bring it back the next day, you get a replacement, you get a refund. That's the law. There's only one product that you will purchase in your life that that law doesn't apply for, and that's the single biggest purchase in your life, your family home. That just makes no sense whatsoever. And even under the new regime, there is nothing um, that gives owners any kind of consumer protection comfort uh, because um, they would still have to go to the courts. 
Yeah, which costs money and may not always go your way. Yeah. So I, I'm not aware of any case that has been won by the homeowner to date. Yeah. Uh, and and is there any hope for a building control authority that would actually, or the local authorities having their own inspectors? Can we see that happening in the next five, ten years? Is is there any is there any way that so, could happen? There, there, one of the things that um, I just one second. Yeah, perfect. Are those figures out? Have they just been published? No, no. I look here. Apologies. No hassle. Yeah, so I won't keep you long. In, just that last one. In that, yeah. in that safest houses report that I mentioned earlier, one of the things that our committee recommended, and again, just to stress, this is a cross-party uh, 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 committee um, you know, support of this report, is the establishment of a standalone uh, building control consumer protection authority. Okay. The, the embryo of that is already there. Phil Hogan did create a thing called the National Building Control Office. So we've got staff based in the city council. Their job is to try and help upskill and standardise building control work in the local authorities. That should be an independent agency like the Environmental Protection Agency or the Food Standards Authority with a whole series of functions. Um, 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 and alongside that, local authorities should be staffed with greater building control staff. In the current government programme for government, they have referenced our report, Safe as Houses, to, 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 to examine whether or not any of them should be implemented. Do I think this government is going to do it? No, I don't. But there are enough parties, ourselves included, who are committed, if we were in government, to moving towards the establishment of a big building control consumer protection agency. And what would it do? First of all, uh, it, it would be an independent body overseeing uh, all of these matters. Uh, it would be centrally involved in ensuring the, the uh, support uh, and, and empowerment of the local authorities to do the independent inspections. It would carry out the independent inspections of local authority and other public homes. It would be a one-stop shop for dealing with defects uh, and information related to building control. But ultimately, government will have to change the law to shift from the certification system we have either to a local authority-led or local authority-contracted system. Uh, and I think that's going to require a change of government to be seen. Well, thanks so much, Owen. I really appreciate your time. Join us next time for more tips and advice from experts and self-builders alike. And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self-Build Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuild.ie website, including the Self-Build Plus journey, which is your step-by-step guide to self-building and home improving. Your membership also gives you first access to all videos and podcasts, as well as access to our members-only Facebook group, which features regular Facebook Live events.